1: This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk.
0: Welcome to the Rusk Report. It feels like going back 20 years in time because I had this young lady's father on this program probably seven or eight times. We're talking with Allison Pataki, the daughter of the former governor of New York State, George Pataki, who just did a beautiful um, humanitarian mission with Ambassador Omak and Rabbi Schneier going to the Ukraine with thousands of supplies distributed at the Ukrainian border. And we're going to be talking about Allison's book, The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post. It's a novel, New York Times best-selling author of CC. Uh, to tell you a little bit about our guest, Allison Pataki, is the New York Times bestselling author of Trader's Wife, The Accidental Empress, Cece, Where the Light Falls, with Owen Pataki, and The Queen's Fortune, as well as the memoir, Beauty in the Broken Places, and two children's books, with Martha Myers. Nellie takes New York, and Poppy takes Paris. Our guest today, Allison Pataki, and i I feel uh, close to the topic of this book because I've been to Mar-a-Lago 20 times in Palm Beach, the home of President Trump, and I heard the stories years ago when she would have square dancing, and if you didn't show up at 6 o'clock, the doors were locked. So uh, she was a, a tough lady, and that's our guest today. But before we talk about the magnificent lives of Marjorie Post, which is available worldwide, Uh, Ambassador Earl Mack uh, told me of your first book, The Trader's Wife, about Benedict Arnold, in fact, of uh, George Washington watching the execution. Uh, uh, Tell us about that, what Ambassador Mack spoke to me of yesterday.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks, Brian. Thank you for having me. And, yeah, a lot of of history going back, and uh, history is what I like to write, and I, I write these books that are inspired by the fascinating true stories that history gives us and it all started as you said with my first book the traitor's wife which is the story of benedict arnold's wife so i think every american especially the school children growing up we learned the name benedict arnold and we know it is synonymous with traitor with treason benedict arnold tried to to end the American Revolution for us and and hand West Point and George Washington over to the British. A lot of people know that, or at least the basic broad strokes of that story, but what I discovered was that Benedict Arnold's wife, Peggy Shippen, has the untold, little-known, most fascinating story and role in the whole plot. And so years ago, I just said, I have to tell the story of Peggy Shippen Arnold, Benedict Arnold's wife, the woman behind the whole thing who has this fascinating backstory and whose name is not well known. And I grew up right near West point on the Hudson river in the Hudson river Valley. And West point was the prize during the American revolution that the British wanted to win. They knew if they could get that one corner of the Hudson river, they would be able to break the rebellion. And George Washington called West point the key to the continent And so Benedict Arnold was the military commander of West Point, and he was plotting to turn it over to the British, to turn West Point over. And he knew that it would end the American Revolution and it would end the American dream of liberty and freedom from England. And so he knew how devastating his treason would be were he to succeed. Um, But it was his wife's role in the whole thing, in her story, that I found the most compelling, juicy, fascinating one of all. And so I wrote The Traitor's Wife. That was in... Two thousand fourteen and nine books later, here I am, as you said, the magnificent lives of Marjorie Post, the fascinating life story of Marjorie Meriwether Post, another great story from history of a an iconic woman who shaped the twentieth century, built Mar-a-Lago, gave us general foods, the, the food empire, revolutionized really the entire American way of life and diet and lifestyle. Um, and it's a story that I just uh, think is so ready to be told to readers and so I just loved working on this book I researched it for six years and now it's here fresh out just in time for women's history month being this month
0: you um, wrote in uh, a release on the personal level life has changed as well when I began writing this book I had one baby who was eight months old <laughs> and Dave and I were living in Chicago I'm now back in New York chasing my three little ones around though naturally I haven't aged a day of course we know uh, that. Right, of
1: course.
0: Well, you're, you're 25, right? Okay. <laughs> I wish. Uh, uh, let's talk about, you, you wrote this book, The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post. It is available at Amazon, Penguin, Random House, Books a Million, Walmart, Kobo, Indiebound, Barnes & Noble, Google Play, Target, Powell's, and more. What changes yeah, did you go through? <laughs> yeah, wonderful. What changes did you go through when you were writing this book for the last six years?
1: Yeah, well, so I would say the biggest thing, and just in terms of lifestyle, I I was a mother to one little baby, and I was I became obsessed with this life story of Marjorie Merriweather Post. I went to Washington D.C. I did the deep dive of research at her final home, Hillwood uh, Estate in Washington D.C., which is now a museum. Um, Her daughter, Dina Merrill, the great movie star, and the rest of her, you know, she had three daughters' family, left this home with all of Marjorie's treasure from her time in the Soviet Union, from her collections from, you know, Versailles, from the French royals, from the Russian royals. They left this great treasure trove of of resources, and and, um, Marjorie's life, really, is is still there as a museum. So I did this research, and I just knew— I was fascinated with this woman's life, and I—I I knew I wanted to write about her. I just didn't think enough people knew the scope of her legacy. Um, but yeah, in that time, I've had—I've become a mother of three. Uh, like Marjorie, I now have three daughters. Um, my husband and I have moved. I've published six more books. You know, I've published two children's books. Um, I would you know, I'm in my. I'm in my mid, middle, late 30s. And so I would say I would describe sort of this period as sort of a rush hour of life sort of with chasing the little ones and working full time, you know, being a writer. And, and so um, it's been exciting and it's been really a labor of love. I would say this is probably the most challenging book I've ever written just because there was so much to get there. There was so much history. And I really wanted to do her life story justice and honor just the legacy and all of the key moments that Marjorie lived through and shaped in the 20th century.
0: Very good. We urge all of our listeners to the Rusk Report on the BET 1520 to go out and get this book. Again, it is is The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post. Our guest today is best-selling New York Times author Allison Pataki. We've had many authors on this program, such as Morris West, Brian Haig, Douglas Fairbanks, Jr. We're happy to have Allison Pataki here today. Again, you can pick up a copy of Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post, Amazon, Penguin Random House, Books, A Million. We urge all our listeners to do this. Now, your father did a wonderful thing with Ambassador Mack and Rabbi Schneier. They went to Hungary and to uh, the Ukrainian border to give out... uh, hundreds of backpacks with food and other necessities for the Ukrainian people to survive this horrible atrocity. Um, Tell us about this mission, uh, how proud you are of your dad.
1: Yeah, so my father, you know, George Pataki, is obviously no stranger to leaving in times of crisis. And he sees what's happening in Europe right now. And he, like all of us, is just having his heart broken. And is frustrated, too, by just, there's this evil madman, and we all agree that Putin has got to be stopped. And we just, I think as Americans, we're, a little, we're sheltered from, from sort of the immediacy of the crisis. You know, we don't have refugees pouring in, in across our borders in the way that Poland does or Hungary does. But my father is Hungarian, um, of Hungarian descent. Pataki is a Hungarian last name. And we've been back to the village where his grandparents left and we've met the cousins, the Patakis back there. We've seen the Pataki farm and the village is right on the border with Ukraine. It's in far Eastern Europe. And that it's one of the places where the refugees, you know, I, th- I think Hungary is second only to Poland in terms of the number of refugees that have crossed into Hungary and they're crossing through the village where my, my father's family is. And, the buildings in that village have been turned into Red Cross, you know, receiving centers and, and they, you know, it's like an all hands on deck situation. So my father just felt the need to run toward the crisis to help. And that's, that's how, that's the way he is. That's how he is as a leader and as a human. And so they went, they, you know, they were, they were able to raise money. Uh, as you said, Ambassador Mack was part of um, the team and they're working with Jewish based uh Groups and Catholic-based charities and Baptists uh, and a whole, you know, arrange. They have a team, a humanitarian effort underway, where they went to Hungary and then they were able to cross into the border with Ukraine and go directly to meet with refugees, meet with the frontline workers, the emergency workers who are there, ask them directly, "What is it that you need?" You know, they want with supplies. They um, were able to deliver supplies to the refugees there to give them cash. And then also what my father really wants to do was be able to come home to the States and advocate because he's been there on the ground and he's seen what's happening. You know, whereas we are, we are just seeing what we're seeing from the news. Um, You know, like he was able to talk to refugees and ask like, what is it that American connect can actually do most to help you, you know, and, and keep this as an ongoing sort of support system and network and dialogue. And so he's already, he just got back. He's already, planning is next he wants to get back over there he really feels the need to help he really wanted to you know he's close with with many people in hungary he wanted to be sort of a liaison between the hungarian government and and groups in hungary that are trying to help with all the refugees back here in the states offer whatever support we can offer whatever advocacy he can because of his position Um, You know, like he went on Fox News and had to speak about the experience of being there, you know, because we just were not as close to it as if we were in Germany or Poland or Romania or Hungary. Um, So he wanted them to know that there were Americans who are there, are listening to them, are advocating for them. And we want to obviously do whatever we can to support because it's just it's devastating. We're all devastated. We're watching the, the largest humanitarian crisis. To enfold europe since world war ii it's, it's horrifying for all of us
0: it was a wonderful act that your father performed with ambassador earl mack and rabbi, rabbi schneier going to the ukraine to help the people in need with very very necessary supplies he did it without fanfare he did it from the heart it was a beautiful effort we have his daughter today in our program allison pataki and she is the author of The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post. We'll be going into more of that in the next 15 minutes on the Rusk Report on the BET 1520. If you're listening in South Buffalo, Manhattan, or Montreal, drop us a note as we cover 17 states and much of Canada. We have received letters as far away as Scandinavia, New Zealand, with our 50,000 watts of clear channel power. Please write to Brian Rusk, the BET 1520 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. A little uh, plug here. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Eagle has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Eagle. The Ampol Eagle is available in many Tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454. to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. And I'd like to mention that Alison Pataki's father was endorsed and covered in the Ampo Legal Newspaper for years and years. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guest, author William Doyle, who wrote Titan of the Senate about U.S. Senator Orrin Hatch. Also, uh, I'd like to thank those who called regarding Richard Earle, grandson of the famous designer of the Corvette, Harley Earle, and Erie County Sheriff John Garcia. Coming up, we'll have uh, a well-known restaurateur, David Schuette, Ed Cox, former chairman of the New York State Republican Committee, and leaders of Barrett Jackson, who are going to be having a big car show, national car show, in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, uh, next month. A little bit more information about Allison Her Novels have been translated into more than 20 languages, a former news writer and producer, Allison Pataki has written for the New York Times, ABC News, Post, USA Today, Fox News, and other outlets. Let's uh, talk a little bit about where you can get this again, Allison. If somebody wants to go to Amazon or a uh, bookstore, where can you get this throughout Absolutely. the U.S. and Canada?
1: Absolutely. So the book is The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post. It is available through most booksellers, so Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, the brick-and-mortar stores of Barnes & Noble, and the Barnes & Noble website. It is on Books a Million. It's in independent bookstores if you want to shop local and support your local indie bookseller. Um, it's there. Yeah, It's also... Basically, if you go to my website, AllisonPataki.com, so it's Allison with two L's, A-L-L-I-S-O-N Pataki, A K I dot com. There's a whole bunch of information on the book, on how to buy it, on the behind-the-scenes story, on book clubs. If you're a member of a book club and how we can connect further, is at AllisonPataki.com.
0: Very good. Again, the book is "The Magnificent Lives: Marjorie Post." A novel by our guest Alison Pataki. Now you refer to Marjorie Merriweather Post as a transformational individual. Um, she was, yeah. How did she transform yeah. her life and lives of others around her? How was yeah. she transformational? Alison Pataki.
1: Yeah, so if you have ever, if you own a refrigerator in your home, then Marjorie Merriweather Post has changed your life. If you
0: own a freezer, <laughs>
1: then Marjorie has transformed your life. If you've ever had a frozen vegetable, like bird's eye frozen foods, or if you've ever had a cup of orange juice in the wintertime, then Marjorie directly impacted your life. Marjorie was the heiress of the general foods empire. Her father, C.W. Post, gave the world cereal. So if you know the name Post, think about the way Post is written on a lot of the cereal items are breakfast items in your cupboard. Um, grape Nuts was the first cereal that the Post family, the Post food empire gave to the world. And he really changed the American way of life. And then he passed away and his only child, his sole heir, was his daughter, Marjorie Merriweather Post. So this is the beginning of the 20th century. It was not generally accepted that a woman could take the reins of a major business and be the head of a major corporation. So Marjorie's story, she really evolved over the course of the 20th century, taking a bigger role in this business. She had the brilliance, she had the mind for it. She had the insight to say, hey, we've got this food empire. We've revolutionized the concept of breakfast in giving Americans an affordable, convenient, healthy, ready-made breakfast option in this new industry of cereal why don't we take that concept and bring it to the other two meals of the day, lunch and dinner. And she wants to buy this company bird's eye frozen Foods. And the experts tell her, no, no, no. People don't want to have to buy frozen food. People don't want to have to own a refrigerator or a freezer in their homes. They don't want to eat food that's been refrigerated or frozen. And Marjorie said, I'm telling you, the Americans are ready for this. They are ready for convenience and ease and affordability and health. And so she buys this company, Bird's Eye Frozen Foods, brings it into the general foods portfolio, her, her food empire, and voila, look at us years later. Um, we all have Marjorie Merriweather Post to thank for her insight and her understanding, you know, that Americans were ready to sort of just have this fundamental change to the lifestyle. Um, you know, thanks to Marjorie, I don't have to spend days of my life every summer and fall canning preserved you know if i want to have food to eat all winter i can go to the grocery store i can get stuff right out of the fridge or the freezer so i have marjorie to thank i will never eat a frozen vegetable without uh thinking of that again
0: very good we're learning all about the book the magnificent lives of marjorie post by allison pataki available throughout the united states as canada and canada as we blanket 17 states and much of Canada. So uh, please go get a copy of this. Uh, It's a good, quick, exciting read. If you have any thoughts or comments, if you're listening in Cheektowaga, New York, Washington, D.C., or Toronto, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk. The Bet, 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little bit more about Allison Pataki, she has appeared on today, Good Morning America, Fox and Friends, Good Day New York, Good Day Chicago, and MSNBC's Morning Joe. Alison Pataki, graduated cum laude from Yale University, is a member of the Historical Novel Society, and a certified yoga instructor, and lives in New York with her husband and family. Allison Pataki, the author of The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post, available throughout the world. One thing that I've read about Marjorie Merriweather Post is that when she was married, she was always looking for the next husband. She'd Mm -hmm. already have them um, in waiting, and so as soon as the one marriage ended, she went right into the other. Is this true?
1: So one of the things I loved about Marjorie is so she had all the wealth in the world. You know, this company of hers, General Foods, was a huge success, obviously, and she was one of the wealthiest women in America and in in the whole world, um, but she just did not have luck in her love life, mm-hmm. and she she said that you know she she said I had many beautiful things in life, but in love I never had much luck. And you, she had four marriages, four very different love stories. And one of the things I loved about her is she was, as she had major heartbreak. You know this humanizes her in a way. Like yes, she has wealth and luxury. But she has heartbreak just like a normal human being you know that it humanizes her. Um, but she had you know all four marriages ended for different reasons. Some of them were total betrayals and heartbreaks and and were you know tragedies in her life. One of them ended in a completely shocking scandal that shook all of society. Um, some of them ended very acrimoniously. some of them ended more amicably and so. I love that she was willing to keep trying, to keep her heart open, to keep trying to fall in love. And every time you watch her fall in love, you think, oh, this is the one. This is going to be the time. It's going to work this time. She's going to be happy. This is her happy ending. And then you see what happens. And so I don't want to give away too much because I don't want to spoil for those who haven't read the book yet. But four very different marriages, four very different men, four fascinating snapshots of American history through these different decades of her life um and yeah she was a tough cookie and it, you know some of the men said it, it was hard to be married to her because she was beautiful she was smart she was independently wealthy she was wealthier than all the men around her you know because she was the heiress of general foods and so you'll see you know with the book each love story has its own different unique beginning and end
0: it was sort of like a poor little rich girl. She had, uh, yeah. by today's standards, maybe $50 billion. But yeah. she, she, uh, it's it appears, from what you're saying, Allison Pataki, the author of The Magnificent Lives Marjorie, posted she was a lonely woman. Would you say so?
1: In her love life, she was definitely disappointed and alone at many times. She had wonderful relationships. Like, her life was full of love, even though it wasn't romantic love that succeeded. But she's a mother to three daughters. One of her daughters is Dina Merrill, the beautiful movie star. She had a full life. She was a huge philanthropist. She did great works for so many humans. Her life was full of love, even though her love life had disappointments. And as you said, the poor little rich girl, the original poor little rich girl was Barbara Woolworth Hutton, you know, the daughter of of the Hutton and, and Woolworth dynasties. So that was Marjorie Mary Coast's niece, mm-hmm. Barbara Hutton, because uh, Marjorie was married to E.F. Hutton. That was one of the great, you know, was one of her husbands. He was purported to be the great love of her life. So there are these fascinating characters that come in and out of this story that make appearances like Teddy Roosevelt, like John and Jackie Kennedy, you know, like the Huttons, like Dina Merrill, uh, like Florence Ziegfeld and Billy Burke. And just she just lived through this remarkable moment in history and had this really rich, fascinating, colorful life, you know, that still impacts us today. The legacy that she left is still just stunning to read about.
0: You write in the Magnificent Lives of Marjorie post about outrunning the Nazis in London. Uh, how did uh, Mary Marjorie yeah. Weather post outrun the Nazis, Alison yeah. so
1: Marjorie was appointed to be the first United States ambassador to the Soviet Union right before the outbreak of World War II because Roosevelt knew Stalin is bad, Hitler is terrible. If the two of them are aligned together, that will be bad news for the world so he sent marjorie over to moscow this was in the 1930s before the war had begun and her goal her directive from the united states government was befriend the russians so that they don't make an alliance with the nazis and the united states had never yet recognized the soviet government because they had not recognized the soviets after they murdered the Tsar mm-hmm. and, and, and toppled the Romanovs. So FDR no, normalized relationships with the Soviets and recognized the Stalin government and sent Marjorie over to Moscow um, You know, in an effort to react to what was going on with Hitler and the Nazis across Europe. And so Marjorie was over there at this critical moment in time when... The Nazis are ramping up to get ready for war, and they take Czechoslovakia, they prepare for the Blitzkrieg in Poland. And so Marjorie was in London right before the war broke out. Um, And it was really dangerous, and it was a really critical time in world history. And she saw it all and had a front-row seat and was an active player in that moment in time.
0: I'm sorry, we have to bring the program to a close. We'll have to have Allison Pataki back. Again, she's the New York Times best-selling author. The new book is The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post, available worldwide. Uh, We urge all of our listeners to the Russ Report on the BET 1520 to go get this book. And thank you for enlightening us. Also, special thanks to Kevin Carr, Director of Production. To Alison Pataki and her family, have a great week.
1: You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226.
0: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News.